It is Thursday, April 21st, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. We're in Hawaii. It is 5.30 a.m. I am Chris Rose. It is 8.30 my time. It is 11.30 on the East Coast. It's 10.30 in Chicago. It's 9.30 in Denver. I think I've covered it all. Regardless, this is another edition of Baseball Today. We are so glad to have you, whether you're joining us live via the AMP app, courtesy of Amazon, and thanks to those of you that have joined us now for our fourth straight day of coverage, or whether you're just absorbing this through the YouTube channels or the podcast format. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Last day in Hawaii. How you doing, brother? Let me tell you, Chris Rose, first of all, absorbing our content. I love the way you just put that. Second of all, if you had as many glasses of wine as I did last night, no way you're waking up at 530 to do this show. <laughs> I am just built diffy, man. But I'm coming home. California, be ready for me. I'm excited to get back to my, my studio, Magnum Condom Studio, where I feel real nice and prepared. Uh, it's been nice to look at the ocean, but I, I need to get back to work, man. That's just how I am. I know. I do. I do like it, though, with it, like 552 local time in Hawaii, the sun starts to rise and then we could see it cascading off of that beautiful face of yours. But I will admit this. I know that you're still a little bit hungover when I am wearing a hat better than you are. Yours is crooked and all over the place. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't I, decide to go backwards or front. I don't. Know. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, by the way, special shout out to the Kannapolis Cannonballers who sent me the lid. They are the single-A affiliate, I believe the high-A affiliate of the Chicago White Sox. This is a great one. Dude is just flying through the air. We'll uh, put it out on our social media channels with a link on how you can go out and buy this cap. So it is awesome. Uh, let's start off with a tip of the cap to a man who will be uh, the next member of the 3000 Hit Club. Heck, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it in a podcast format, it may have already happened. Miggy with three more knocks on Wednesday to get to 2999. Ploofy, you played against this guy in the same division. After Barry Bonds, is he the most dangerous hitter of our era? Uh, no, he's not. He's one of them. There's no doubt about it. And for the guys that I got to see up close and personal, it's it's him and Joe Maurer for me, guys that I look to who just were complete hitters. Um, obviously, different sides of the plate, but the way they commanded the strike zone, I never saw either of those guys like really – get off balance i think that's something as a hitter you really look at least that i look for you know how many bad swings are you taking and joe mauer rarely took any and you know you can get miggy to chase but he doesn't look bad he doesn't look stupid like i could look dumb sometimes swinging at a pitch in the dirt miggy doesn't look bad he might get fooled he'll tip his cap but like everything is still working right uh but you know it's Albert Pujols, there's Alex Rodriguez, Chipper Jones, you know, even, even our guy Mike Trout. I mean, these guys are all incredible hitters. We've been really blessed uh, in, in our generation uh, for some crazy baseball talent. Obviously, Miggy Cabs deserves to be mentioned with all of those guys, and I'm not talking just our generation, all-time hitters. He's one of the best. Uh, one away, man, one away. Three knocks uh, to get this close is really cool. I think he gets it done today, and um, – I'm trying to think if I stole any hits from him, Chris. I probably did. He would already be at 3,000 if it wasn't for me. How about yeah. that? My God, you're just a dream killer over there at the hot corner of Target Field. <laughs> um, so I will say this, that obviously Bonds is far and away in a class by himself. I would then put the next two as Pujols and Miggy. But for me, just as a baseball fan, not knowing anything technically about what they're doing, 
Miguel Cabrera was much more enjoyable to watch play than Albert Pujols. First of all, what's Albert's nickname? The machine. Yeah, the machine. Right? Because everything felt so robotic and technical with him and he would grind away and it's what's made him legendary. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying this as a negative. Okay. I'm just saying as a guy who seemingly had fun with at bats as much as with the damage that he created, I love watching him and maybe it's, it's a little recency bias in that, but like it always looked like Miguel Cabrera is having a blast while trying to beat your brains in. Yeah, I mean, he, dude, when you can show up to a ballpark as a hitter and know you are as good as him, like that is got to be the best feeling in the world. I would, I would go through spurts, you know, a week, maybe two weeks, where I put up similar numbers to his career numbers, and when that happens, you feel like a god out there. So there's a lot of times Miggy steps in that box, gets on the field. He knows he's the best player. That's a really good feeling. So it's easy to have fun when you're when you're that type of player. But I do agree with you. You're talking about like pretty swings and like all of the new hitting gurus out there, the guys that are, you know, helping the next generation of hitters. It's a couple swings that they go to. It's Mike Trout. It's Miguel Cabrera. Sometimes Edgar Martinez. These are the swings they're studying for power and contact and plate discipline. So I agree with you. You know, Pujols' swing, although it is pretty in its own right, like the Miggy was just smoother. It, it did look better. And and I love the fact that everyone's trying to get their A swing off and studying Miguel to try to see what he does so they can get their A swing off all the time. Miggy had every swing you could think of. When he needed to – he would hit a ground ball to second base. If he needed to hit a ground ball to second base, he was not afraid – of that he mm-hmm. wanted to drive in runs he would say that all the time like i'm gonna get that run in a third base I, I wonder what his career rate of getting a runner in with less than two outs from third base is. it's it's got to be crazy because he's yeah. just so good at it so two other things if you're just looking at the numbers between cabrera and pujols pujols of course three mvps cabrera two pujols seven more top five mvp finishes miggy had five more in the top five now, Pujols, you kind of separate his career into St. Louis and then what happened out in Anaheim. He never had an OPS over 790 after his first year in Anaheim. From his age 32 season on, nothing over 790. Whereas Cabrera was still elite, an OPS over 950 at the age of 33. It started to dip after that. He started to get injuries, didn't play as many games and seasons. But still, just if you want to throw that stuff out there. One other thing. Yeah, yeah go ahead. No, if you're looking at their slash lines, they're actually pretty similar. Uh, Pujols, yeah. 375 guy, Miguel Cabrera, 387. Miguel Cabrera, 532 slugging. Albert Pujols, 544 slugging. So, like, they're pretty right. similar when you're talking just slash lines. Um, if you want to hear stories from guys that played against him and had to pitch against him or design game plans behind the plate, um, Robbie Chiracco, one of our producers here at John Boy Media, has put together a, a bunch of clips. It's a 10-minute diatribe on the rose rotation different stories about miguel cabrera go find it at our twitter handle at rose rotation it's really well worth the 10 minutes of your time uh let's move on to the show maker shohei otani had a six nothing lead before he even took the mound yesterday in houston uh perfect through five and a third finished with a career high tied a career high with 12 k's in your opinion will he contend for the al cy young award this year 
I don't know. Like, what can't this guy do? I want to say no, Chris. Pitch enough like, innings. This, this is this is Shohei Otani here. I don't. I just. I'm. I don't. I can't put it past him to do anything. He might win a Gold Glove. I don't know. He he played enough innings in right field. He might win a Gold Glove. Like that's how <laughs> good of a, a baseball player this guy is. So, um, I'll say yeah. Like I bet he. I bet you he finishes top ten Cy Young. Well, like, okay, and that's no, crazy no, no, to on. think because that's not. That's not contending. That's not contending. Contending top top 10 pitchers. Top five is contending. Contending top 10 means that you were a really, really good pitcher and you got some of those little votes at the end. Not dismissing it, but to me, a contender's top five. I'm trying to think of who will be the top five pitchers in the American League. I mean, right. Sure. Yeah. I think he'll be close. I think he'll be close. How about that? Okay. So to me, the question is enough innings and what he threw last year 130. Um, now, one thing I love, it's the only thing that's bothered me about Shohei's game on the mound. His strikeout to walk ratio was just not good. And I'm sure it's because he's probably not throwing nearly as much as the rest of the guys. You know, I can't imagine, you know, he's got to focus on being a DH occasionally too. But his strikeout to walk ratio, I think it's like 26 to four this year. Outstanding. That's great for anybody, particularly for him. He does through three starts, lead the American League in strikeouts. Now, are they going to have to give him a breather at some point? And maybe that's the biggest question. Like, if he throws 145, 150 innings, is that going to be good enough in the eyes of voters, depending on who the competition is, to say, yep, he gets my top five vote or top three vote? I don't – yeah, it's it's going to be close. I, I think he's more in that top ten range by the end of the year just because of the innings limitation, uh, maybe because of that walk rate you're talking about. But like I said, like you can't put it past – uh, him to do anything on the baseball field. He's just that special. You know, he is, he is a unicorn. Like mm-hmm. that is a great way to describe him. We are seeing something that we've never seen in the game before. And I don't want people to get uh, complacent with it. Like you have to just marvel at what you're seeing. And if you have a chance to go see Shohei in Anaheim or anywhere on the road, like make that your trip. Like he is a guy that you're going to be telling your grandkids about i saw this dude play it i really have grown to love what shohei has brought to the game can we um can we make a road trip some point and yeah i'm trying to think where like the best place to see shohei no no no, like just even anaheim i'll drive sure okay you don't care you don't care that's fine hey uh quick reminder for those let's go to oakland because there's like 2,000 people in the stands, and we can just like go wherever we want. I can't get tickets. I keep getting shut out whenever I ask for tickets. Um, For those of you joining us live on the AMP app, we appreciate it. We'll be getting to your calls and your questions momentarily. Uh, Producer Dan Rourke, there's a bunch of people that are already lined up, right, on the runway. Accurate? Yeah, you can even – why don't you uh, throw in the chat some of the names that are in there? I just want to give people some shout-outs as we're continuing to do this. In the meantime, we'll continue on a big day on Wednesday for Jose Ramirez, the newly minted Jose Ramirez, uh, doubleheader sweep of the White Sox in Cleveland. Game one, a grand slam, his second one this year. Game two, an RBI double to get it going uh, for the Guardians. He became the fifth player ever with at least 20 RBI in a team's first 11 games of the season. Is he the best third baseman in baseball? Why do you ask me these questions? You can't ask me these questions. It's not I think fair he might be. Me. I think he might be. No, don't dude. give me the. I don't think he might be. Of course, he might well, be because he's great. 
I would say you're looking at Nolan Arenado, you're looking at Manny Machado, and you're looking at Jose Ramirez. I think those are the three guys you're looking at uh, who have done it kind of like I'm going from – he broke into the league in 2013. So 2013 to 2022, I mean, these are the guys that have been around doing it. Um, he just – he can do it all where some of those guys might be uh, a little bit more limited. He has 154 stolen bases, for instance, where Nolan Arenado has 18 in his career. So, like, mm-hmm. there is that aspect. Um, he can play defense, maybe not as good as an Arenado or Machado, but he still – very serviceable over there mm-hmm. um he's very versatile so he doesn't have to just play third base he can play anywhere i don't know man I, i'd say he's like it's it's one a one b one c with those three guys i can't answer that question it's too tough man it's too tough if for my, for my money if i was building a team and putting a third baseman in there i think i go machado I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I don't, but then also Ramirez is a switch hitter, so like you don't have to worry about any right. platoon stats, whatever. So, I don't know. It's very tough, Chris, but I think for my money, I'm, I'm going Machado. Right, so I would rank them defensively, Arenado, Machado, Ramirez, but there's not a substantial gap. Like, Arenado's great, right? It's he and Matt Chapman, and then it's Machado as the next guy. But Jose Ramirez, as you made a point he's really improved over there you know they stopped moving him around yeah a few years ago he could finally settle in at third and just focus on that because he was bouncing around you know he was a shortstop before Lindor got there he was a second baseman heck they played him in the outfield for a while and then you know they moved him to third he runs the bases significantly better than either of those two guys yes and his at bats are just phenomenal I know I see him on a daily basis like I just don't I don't miss guardians games and i certainly don't miss jose ramirez at bats he will make you work he really doesn't strike out a ton he fouls off tough pitches he's just got a funky stance and swing he looks like the little fat kid from down the street but somehow he's a tremendous athlete and for you know if you're going to line it up dough wise right manny machado's making twice as much as him that's not fair that doesn't mean anything well, it does if you're if you're trying to factor in a budget. <laughs> <laughs> if you're the Guardians. Hey, I, yeah. I guess I now I know why you love him. You said he's a little pudgy fat kid. Does that remind you of C. Rose as a younger individual? Or it, except that um, C. Rose did not leave the bench. Hit three fourteen my last year. I played organized ball in eighth grade. That's it's you know what these guys are so incredible. It's it, you just it is really gloss tough. over that. I hit three fourteen my last year. I played organized ball in eighth grade in eighth grade, three fourteen. might as well have hit zero, bro. Like if you're not hitting 600 in eighth grade, I mean, Hey, the kids from Hawken and Gilmore could really throw the baseball in the private. I think I ever got out private like, school at, league. at that point of my life. I was so much better than other kids. I don't think I ever got out, bro. Screw you. You know what? There are a lot of people listening live on amp or down or, you know, consuming this on YouTube or a podcast, you were shaking their head like Rose. Like, yeah, some of us did get out seven out of 10 times. Jerk. Not an amateur ball. Special shout out to those of you listening on our AMP app. Jay Mercer 28, Padsy, Evelos 220. Jordy Mercer in the chat. What's up? Yeah, Jordy. Hey, got time now after uh, retiring. Ben Philadelphia, Coach Key, just to name a few. Thank you for hanging out. Mm-hmm. We'll get to your questions and your comments, and you can tell Ploof how great he was in eighth grade baseball. <laughs> I was so good. Coming up in just a second. 
Baseball Today is presented to you by our friends over at Muggsy Jeans. That's right. It is the most comfortable brand of jeans I have ever put on. I talk about it all the time. Weight is fluctuating. In fact, I saw my cardiologist yesterday. He bitched me out. He's like, Rosie, you got to go down. He actually said, Rosie, I guess he's a fan of baseball today in the Rose rotation. Who knew? Anyway, uh, so he's like, you got to get your weight down. But in the meantime, my weight is up. And so you know what? Muggsy is growing with me. And you know what's going to happen as I start to lose the weight? First of all, I'll lose the jowl, which will be nice, the Joe West jowl. And then secondly, I'm going to shrink and the jeans are going to shrink with me and they won't look baggy on me. And Michelle's still going to say on date night on Friday night, put your Muggsy jeans on, boy, it is time to party. So what I want you to do is head on over to Muggsy.com. Use the code word today. You're going to get 10% off your entire order. And the thing that's awesome about Muggsy, not only do they feel great, but they look great because they come in more than just blue jeans. I've got the charcoal gray. It's got the whole array of the rainbows. So if you want to go and make a statement, go get a really fancy color. If you want to go basic, they got that as well. Once again, it is Muggsy.com. The code word is today. Save 10% off your entire order. That's right. Tell them your boy Rosie sent you, according to Dr. Kim, my cardiologist. Um, didn't get a chance to talk about the pitch clock the other day. Jeff Passan wrote a big column saying that in the minor leagues, saving an average of about 20 minutes per game, runs are not down, so scoring's about the same. So the action is at least the same. It's just condensed. And it could be coming our way to the big leagues in 2023. Are you excited? I am because, oh, there's a nice little lizard on my wall over there. Hey, lizard. Uh, I'm excited because. How big? How big is a lizard? Is it little it's, it's, or is it's it? It's tiny. It's tiny. It's tiny. Because yeah. we saw one in Cabo last week. No joke, bro. It was this big. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't like that. Uh, this one's small. But let me talk about the pitch clock because this is baseball today, not lizard today. Um, I'm excited about the pace. Okay, when they say 20 minutes are chopped off the game times, I don't really care about that. And I actually think that's the wrong way to lead with this. You know, like you're going to get people saying, I don't care about the 20 minutes. What people really care about is the pace, like I, action quicker, more often. We don't want to see guys just like standing around, you know, playing with the glove or the ball, whatever, like get back in the box, get back on the hill. Let's keep the pace up to keep people interested in the game. And like, there's some people that don't care about that, but a lot of people who do care about that. And I, for one, have played with the pitch clock. I, I was in the minor leagues when it first kind of got intro, uh, introduced. There's nothing wrong with it. It feels, it feels good. It feels, it, the pace feels better. You know, it's not all this like, there are certain times where you'd be out in the field, you know, depending on who you're playing or who's on the mound, where you're just like, dude, hurry up. Like, there's no reason to take all this time. You don't need to take all this time. You don't need to think so much in between pitches. The pitch clock stops that. And for the people, for the players who are like over it, all you have to do is step off the mound if you're a pitcher and the thing resets. There's a lot of ways to, to maybe maneuver around it. But since they've had it so long in the minor leagues, these guys are just used to it. So when they come up, like in five years, the pace, everyone's going to say, wow, I can't believe we were, didn't have this before. That's my opinion. No, you're a thousand percent on point. And, and I think your, your point about the pace is the most important thing. It's not the clock itself. It's not the length of time of a game. Because I haven't heard one person ever complain about the length of an NFL game. Have you ever? 
I mean, let's Sometimes. be honest. Some of yeah, them, no, some of them yeah. drag, but nobody's sitting there saying, well, the Chiefs-Chargers game took three hours and 17 minutes today. That's not what you're talking about. Never. Never. So it's the pace. There's Now, there was an interesting quote from Derek Holland in Passon's column. He's, I, I believe, in the minors with the Red Sox. Obviously, he's played over 10 years in the show, and he said it's horrible. Now, he's one of those guys that grew up where you could take your time. You know, I, I don't know. I know Derek a little bit, but I don't know if he's flexible to things or not flexible. I imagine that some people will grumble about it. There's no question. But I will say this. I don't know. Have you watched Bieber pitch this year yet? I have not. Okay. He did, he started game one of the doubleheader, so he'll go ne- again next Highlights, game. but that's it. Go No, go watch his next start. He has increased his tempo. Probably he's cut it in half, the time in between pitches. And I just use that as an example because he's a guy who used to work a little, a little slower. And now, and even Giolito talked about it on our podcast the other day because I brought it up to him. I said, watch Bieber when he works next time. He gets the ball. It's like Mark Burley. And Great. he goes and he just goes and there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing. So I'm all in favor of it, man. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. Like Derek Holland has been a starting pitcher for quite some time. So he has that in him. Starting pitchers love to complain about, well, everything, everything, yep. everything. Everything. I don't like, dude, like it's not a big deal whatsoever. It's a long time in between. It's 20. It's a 20 second pitch clock, I believe. Right. So it's 14 when nobody's on base. It's 18 when somebody is on base. Great. Great. Think count to 14, like get a timer out. 14 seconds is actually quite some time to get the ball, get the sign, get back on the mound. It's not like it's like so quickly. You can't think if we're using pitch com now, it's so fast. Right, I hate I, mean, I hate pitch calm. Oh my god! Well, it's interesting. Giolito loves it. Loves Why? it. Um, I don't understand. What's the like? Just all the pitchers are doing are looking at fingers, bro. Like, what's the difference between that and hearing it in your? <laughs> in your well, you head? have to go listen. Go listen to our our little. Discussion. I need to hear. I, yeah, I guess I need to talk to some pitchers about this stuff. Down the rose rotation, latest episode. I'll go listen. All go right. listen. When, I'm, when I'm drinking a mai tai before my flight today. Please do. God, you need one. All right, uh, alarming and couldn't turn away from video, junior college baseball down in the state of Texas. Josh Phillips of North Central Texas College took Weatherford College's Owen Woodward deep in the sixth inning as he is circling the pillows, as my man Kevin Millar would say. In between third and home, Woodward drops his glove and makes a beeline for Phillips and decleats him. Were you more surprised at the actions of the pitcher or the fact that the pitcher did not get his ass kicked in the following brawl? I, <laughs> I got this sent to me uh, by one of my former teammates, a uh, very illustrious career type guy. And his take on it was bad teammates or they just don't like the guy because yeah, they didn't go after like if, if a starting pitcher, came and hit one of my team, like tackled one of my teammates coming around third base. I'm on the field going after the starting pitcher as quickly as possible. So like, I don't know what was going on with that guy. So that was kind of like what came to me. It was maybe this guy, maybe his teammates don't like him. Maybe they were scared of the pitcher. I don't know. He decleated the heck out of the guy. So maybe you, you would stay away. I don't think you'd enter that fight. C Rose. I told you I'm 0 three. 
I mean, I don't know how else other, but I will get somebody's back. If I have to, I'll go try and kick some ass. Now I might, my nose might end up where my ear is, but I'm going to give That's it a I shot too. Yeah, right? You got to get in there. But the only thing I could think of is that it was so shocking that the kids, we have to remember they're, they're still, you know, 19, 20 years old. Like what the fuck just happened? Like you, yeah, you never see that. Like the only time I ever saw a D cleater was when Kyle Farnsworth took down Paul Wilson. You know, you don't see them a lot on the baseball diamond where guys just get upended that way. You know, um, T plush got nailed by, uh, was it, uh, Gabby, Gabby Sanchez? Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, that was a good that. one. Um, but there are, it doesn't happen very, and never when a guy is rounding the bases after hitting a home run. Did we get like an explanation from anybody on this? Like, no, all, all I we, saw were some quotes from, um, from Woodward's coach who said, we have never had a problem with this kid. Never. And by the way, he might get kicked out of school now because of it. No, I don't know, man. Things that happen on the field, like no one's ever fought on a on a sports field before. Have, You're going to kick someone out of school? What we just saw. Have you ever seen that? What's the difference between like, I don't know, like swinging a helmet at some guy's head? Like, yeah, you might get fined or suspended or something Like kicked out of school. Come on, man. Well, I also heard he was late with a biology term paper. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. I don't. I don't know that. that right. I, I need. I need explanation. Like, hey, like if you're the pitcher or the batter or somebody on the team, like, can you just tell us what the heck happened? Right. Be great. Maybe somebody's on the AMP app, and we'll take your call in just a couple of minutes. Uh, before that, anything coming up on John Boy today? Uh, nothing for me. We had talking baseball come out yesterday um, about the three topics. Um, it's a great episode. Go listen to it. Then tomorrow we'll be doing our series recap. Um, and then, yeah, you and I, Monday through Friday, baby, every day here. What do you got? So normally we release our second weekly edition of the Rose Rotation on Thursday. You'll notice that did not happen today. Uh, we had a little scheduling snafu, um, but I am interviewing Nick Castellanos in a little bit over an hour, and that'll drop on Friday. Robbie Scirocco is going to be working hard to turn that bad boy around. He will. So one of the newest Philadelphia Phillies, always entertaining. We'll have to check in on his flip phone, check in on his son, Liam. And rumor has it, we've talked about this, that he purchased one of Ben Simmons cribs in Philadelphia. So if that's Ooh. true, we got to talk to him about that. Right? I love it. I, like He's a stud, dude. Like, he that's, is a stud. He's I got to be honest with you. I don't listen to all of your shows. It's a lot. You do. You you work hard. Hardest worker in Hollywood. Uh, but the Castellanos ones I will listen to. Thank you. I appreciate that. And go listen to the Giolito why he likes the pitch comp. So there you go. Um, all right. We got a lot of people standing by. For those of you that joined us today on the YouTube and podcast format, if you want to join us live, it's every Monday through Friday, 1130 a.m. Eastern. Just download the AMP app. It's the black and gold one. You can find it on your iPhone. And that way you can talk to us. Uh, in the meantime, for Trevor Plouffe, I'm Chris Rose. We'll see you next time on Baseball Today.